I guess to begin with today, uh, I would like to share with you an, an image, and, and we'll see if this works, uh, an image. Um, and I saw this on, on uh, Scott Erickson's uh, Instagram uh, feed the, the other day, or Scott the Painter is his Instagram. Um, and what caught my attention more than the image, what caught my attention was, was the quote that he had at the bottom. Be kind to yourself and others, for not all healing is easily recognizable. And I wanted to begin with that uh, because um, I think um, today's topic is um, it's important, it's interesting, especially as we come in this, you know, and we've, we've been carrying this idea of, a, of ordinary time and, and what it means like to follow Jesus in the everyday kind of life, uh, if, if you will, especially in this weird uh, time, season, I don't know what to call it anymore, that we're, um, that we're in. And, uh, and and with that with that image and with that quote, I, I wanted to to ask you something. And you know, this is going to be a personal exercise, which is kind of part of why it's so weird to you know have these reflections over the, the screen. Because um, if we were in, our, well, if you were here with me in our church building, um, then you know, I'll probably ask uh, you know, like uh, pose a question and, and see what people say. Um, anyway, uh, today I wanted I wanted to 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 to, to reflect to think. What do you think on? What do you think about? What kind of images and, and sensations and feelings and why not come to your mind? What do you think about when you hear the word darkness? What kind of emotions and feelings does that word evoke in you? Today we're going to be reflecting on, on Psalm 139, um, which is one of the most intimate and again that's kind of weird because we're talking about you know this, this intimate psalm and this very unintimate um <clears throat> medium but it's probably one of the most intimate um authentic psalms or pieces of poetry in the bible um is, is one of the most i find difficult passages to to digest and and we'll talk about that for a moment uh, in a moment and 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 I think it has a lot to do with what we, we, we envision, we think of when we think about darkness. Anyway, we're going to read uh, Psalm 139, and we'll read the first few verses, uh, and then we're, we are going to jump back to, toward, towards the, the end of that, of that passage. Um, <clears throat> but we're going to start with verses 1 through 6. Again, this is uh, Psalm 139, uh, and we're going to read from verse 1. You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise, you perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going, I'm sorry, you discern my going out and my, live, my laying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, Lord, you know it completely. You hem me in behind and before, and you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful to me, too lofty for me to attain. If you were to ask scholars and theologians, they'll say that, that what this passage here is describing is two of the characteristics that we consider God to, God to have. Um, the the omni, omnis, omnis, omniscience, I guess, of, of God, the, the God knows it all. The God knows it. The God knows, knows you and and knows your thoughts and your words according to this thing 
to this passage um, before or even in your, in your tongue, the Lord already knows what, what you're about to say. And that's a very interesting image. See, Paul Simon wrote a song a number of years ago. It's probably one of the very known songs in the world. And he, and he talks about darkness in a very interesting way. And he said, hello, darkness, my old friend. I've come to you again. I've come to be with you again. That's, that's the way it goes. Anyway. Um, <clears throat> and that's a very interesting idea that Paul Simon kind of talks about this darkness as a friend because of course here the psalmist is talking about God as this same kind of friend because when you think about what's a friend it's, it's someone that that knows you and that you can trust and rely upon and that's what I find very interesting the verses that follow because you know we, we read this and we know yes and we kind of like agree I, 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 I guess um, in a, in a intellectual level if you will Yes, God, God knows me, and God, God, you know, knows everything about me and my thoughts and my words and all that. And we kind of, uh, you know, like that in a sense. But then I find it very interesting the way in which the the, the psalmist continues because I find myself identified more in the, in the next few verses than this ones that we just read. And verse seven says, "Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence?" See, it's almost as if the psalmist is acknowledging that God knows everything about him, that God knows everything about us, that he knows us from before we were formed, that, that he knows our, our going out and our laying down, that he knows every thought and every word that we've ever uttered with our lips or thin our minds or sit in our hearts. And then he asks, where, where can I go? Where can I flee? See, I don't know if, 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 if you agree with me or not, but that level of, of intimacy, if you will, that, that level of, of knowledge, the idea that there's someone out there that can know me so profoundly well is scary. And the psalmist start asking, where, where, can I, where can I run away from this? And this is a very, very interesting response, a very human, if you will, response, because we humans have been trying to run away from, from, from God from the very beginning, just as Adam and Eve, when they heard God coming back into the, the garden after they have eaten the fruit, they hid. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? We continue in verse 8. If I go to the heavens, you're there. And if I make my bed in the depths, you are there. And if I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even if even there your hand will guide me, your right hand will hold me fast. See, he's, he's, he's talking about the second characteristic. So the first characteristic that, that the psalm kind of shows us is the omniscience of God, that God knows all. But here he's talking about the omnipresence of God, that God is present everywhere, that the Spirit of God is everywhere. There's nowhere that we can go that's far enough away to run from Him. Where can I go from your spirit? Because if I go too, too really, really high, you're there. And if I go really, really low, you're there. And if I woke up really early, you're still there. And if I go to the far side of the sea, as far as I can think, you are still there. There's nowhere where the psalmist can hide. 
from the knowledge, from the, the presence of God. Verse 11 continues, If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light will become night around me. Even the darkness, darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like day, for darkness is as light to you. Notice that, that, that this knowledge that God is everywhere and that God knows everything is so heavy on the psalmist's heart that he ultimately figures, if I can find a place dark enough where I could hide, made, hide maybe just a small part of my heart. And, and I don't know about you, but <clears throat> I don't know about you, but this speaks volumes to me. Because if we're to be honest, there's aspects of my life that I will prefer no one to know. There's thoughts and there's feelings that I experience sometimes that I'll prefer to keep them to myself. There are things that I do when I think and I say that I hope no one will listen or see. There's moments in my life when I feel darkness is the most comfortable place to be. Of course, this all hinges, this all depends on what we mean when we say darkness. And, and here I, I would like to, um, to quote this, uh, this author, Barbara Brown. She's, a, she's an Episcopal a priest and also, and also a philosopher, and, and she, and she uh, <clears throat> And she defines this really, really well in, in an article from, from Time Magazine a number of years back. Uh, she says this, Darkness is shorthand for anything that scares me, that I want no part of. Either because I am sure that I do not have the resources to survive it, or because I do not want to find out. The absence of God is in there, along with the fear of dementia and the loss of those theories to me. So is the melting of polar ice caps, the suffering of children, and the nagging question of what it feel, feel like to die. If I had my way, I will eliminate everything from chronic back pain to the fear and existential dread from my life and the lives of those I love. If I could just do the right, <clears throat> if I could just find the right nightlights to live on. And then she continues. I have learned things in the dark that I could never have learned in the light. Things that have saved my life over and over again. So there is really only one logical conclu conclusion. I need darkness as much as I need light. So the psalmist sees this God that knows it all, that is everywhere. He asks this question, where can I run from you? Somehow we are not comfortable with, with God that knows us so well that that is everywhere that we can't escape through. And, and, and we think about, about hiding, we think about darkness, and, and I like the way that she answers, I need darkness as much as I need light. Because as Gerald May has said, the dark night is a profoundly good thing. Dark night, by the way, it's, 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 uh, is borrowed from, from uh, <clears throat> St. John of the Cross um, in, 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 a in a book called The Dark Night of the Soul. Uh, and, uh, and I like the way that they're, they're reframe darkness. But let's, let's, uh, let's continue with, with May's quote. 
The dark night is a profoundly good thing. It is an ongoing spiritual process in which we are liberated from attachments and compulsions and empowered to live <clears throat> and love more freely. Sometimes this letting go of all ways is painful, occasionally devastating. But this is not why the night is called dark. The darkness of the night implies nothing sinister, only that the liberation takes place in hidden ways, beneath our knowledge and understanding. It happens mysteriously, in secret, and beyond our control. For that reason, it can, it can be disturbing or even scary, but in the end, it always works for our benefit. See, sometimes we, we this, see this idea of darkness in scriptures and we think about, about evil and about, and about scary places and about bad places. And, and, and I like the way, <clears throat> the way that these this, this, uh, two authors kind of reframe this idea. And this is something that has been carried in Christian th uh, thought for, for many, many centuries. That the darkness is not necessarily something bad, but darkness is that place in which, in which we find ourselves completely and absolutely and utterly lost and we realize that the only light that can actually guide us is that of Jesus, that of God, that of the Spirit. Let's go back to the psalm. <clears throat> if I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like a day, for darkness is a light to you. See, she's talking about the, those dark, scary moments in which we feel that we're about to break, in which we face our, our lives and our reality and our thoughts and our words and our feelings, and we realize that, 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 that we can't hide anymore. And the passage in, in verse 10 tells us, even there, your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. But see, to understand that, that to understand the hand of God guides us, sometimes we, we need darkness. See, that's what they say, that, that, that the night is darkest just before sunset. That when we think that, we, that everything is lost, when we find ourselves broken, when we, when we see our lives and realize the brokenness of life there, that's the, the moment in which we can see the hand of God, the light of God shining upon us. In Psalm 133, we'll go in verse, verse 23, um, 39, sorry, uh, we'll go in verse 23 as, as you kind of as you close in. <clears throat> As we close as well, then the psalmist, after all this, after realizing that God knows everything about him, that God is everywhere, that there's no place where he can hide, that as much as he wants to, that, that as, as, as desperate and as dark and as broken as he might feel, that God is there with, with him, then he utters a prayer. And I hope that we can honestly and authentically pray this as well. Verse 23 says, Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting.
after all this, after all the things that have gone through the psalmist's minds, he, mind, he ultimately comes to pray, search me, God, after trying to run away and figure where he can hide from God and his, and, 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 and in his wisdom, he comes and says, search me, God. And, and that's what I said. I, I hope that we can pray honestly this prayer because this is standing naked without pretension, pretending or pretension. Not as we, as we wish we were, not as we ought to be, not as, as we see ourselves in, in Instagram or whatever, but, but utterly and authentically as we are, with our failings and our failures, with our brokenness in our thoughts and words and our emotions and our feelings that we might not be proud of. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. And may our prayer be that God will continue to guide us, individually and as families and as a community, into the way everlasting. May we, may we live authentic and honest lives before the God and one another. May we present ourselves as we are to be guided by God's everlasting way.